This is Tonkoban episode 21. Uh, this week we're covering Sket Dance volumes 11 and uh, 12. And uh, before we get into that, joining me as usual is my co-host Jude Noel. Jude, how's it going? Doing good. Let's get into it. I'm excited for these. These were, uh, I don't think they were like the best volumes we've had, but I feel like they were an easier read. I don't know. Like I, I got finished with them. It was sort of like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm done. There weren't really like slogs in this one. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting being this far into the series, especially mm-hmm. for a comedy series. As we've talked about in the past, these type of uh, manga don't tend to last all that long. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see them, you know, relying on these recurring gags and recurring mm-hmm. characters. It feels more like a sitcom than it does your typical like 20, 30 chapter gag manga that comes and goes in Shonen Jump. Yeah, I would have figured that by now we would have had some sort of like story, but we really haven't other than just like seeing people's backstories, right? Like there's not even a, you know, whatever. Oh, at the end of the school year, we need to, you know, do blah, blah, blah or something like that. Like it's just been sort of, you know, moving on. We'll get a backstory that explains some things and then get five joke chapters or something like that. Yeah, it feel it feels a lot like Seinfeld or something like that, mm-hmm. where each episode feels self-contained. Occasionally, there will be a storyline, yeah. but it kind of is a manga about nothing. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, let's just hop into hop into the volumes. All right. So uh, the beginning of this volume, chapter ninety-one, we once again see Yamanobe Sensei return. I may be wrong, but I feel like he kind of leads off a lot of volumes in the past. Yeah, now that you're saying it, that yeah, that sounds right. I feel like he led off uh, like one of last like last week's episode, and yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I feel like after we finish an episode, I'm like getting back into reading it. <laughs> it's like, I feel like the first thing I say. see is yeah, <laughs> every but, time. Yeah, his chapters are usually my favorites, and. This mm-hmm. one is no exception. This is another great one. Uh, so in this one, Yamanobe Sensei comes into the club room and asks Switch to repair his ancient video game console called the Fanion. It stands, or it's like a portmanteau version of a console named the Fancy Computer, yeah. which is a sort of parody of the Famicom, which is the full name of the nes nintendo system in japan Mm -hmm. the family computer which came out in the mid 80s Um, he also brings along a cartridge for a game called super mariko broken a (laughs) side-scrolling platformer that appears similar to super mario brothers but is supposedly packed with mature themes in reality the game seems like some sort of weird amalgamation of (laughs) super mario brothers flappy bird and dragon quest in terms of its gameplay as usual, the gang is like super confused by the game at first, but then becomes completely absorbed in the game and its weird storyline as things move on. They end up playing for four hours straight until the machine itself overheats and kind of explodes. Mm-hmm. Um, this really reminds me of the sort of like side-scrolling or 8-bit indie games that were super popular a few years ago. Where people yep. are like, man, it's uh, it's actually really deep. Like, exactly. it's, yeah, it's it's, it's Super Mario, but sad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like you, you say that, and I'm thinking of 
five different indie games that had a ton of hype back when we were in college. <laughs> yep. Yep. Or even recent. I mean, Celeste or whatever. People rave yeah. about that game. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. In this in this case, it's like a story about an office worker and her like forbidden romance with her boss. But mm. at the same time, it's just like a reskin, worse version <laughs> of Super Mario Brothers. He yep. he was kind of once again. I feel like there have been multiple times where he comes up with a game that's supposed to be ridiculous that exists within the skit dance world, mm-hmm. but it's actually kind of like ahead of its time. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like, uh, you know, six years before Super Meat Boy or whatever. Exactly. If, if special Mariko Broken dropped on the Switch today, I assure you there would be YouTubers doing reaction videos to this being like, surprisingly scary game yeah and then like little kids would be getting into it suddenly you'd be going into target and seeing special mariko broken action <laughs> figures for sale mm-hmm. yep yeah and i love the uh like when it flips to like this first person perspective or whatever and the or this third person perspective i guess and the graphics get like really good <laughs> yeah because once again that's something you actually see in newer video games that mm-hmm. in some cases stuff that doesn't exactly look like this or actually looks pretty good there's that one game that's being made by uh, one of the guys who used to be on the pokemon design team i don't know if you've seen it but it's this game where you're like it's like a two-dimensional side scroller and you're supposed to be in a storybook and then you can actually like pop out and control the character in a 3d world it looks oh, really similar uh-uh. to this interesting no a i've not seen that may have seemed far-fetched at one point but like <laughs> <laughs> there's even a point where the character like drops from the top of the screen and he says you're supposed to flap to stay alive yep. <laughs> which is exactly what happens in flappy bird and this mm-hmm. was you know, a few well, years before Flappy Bird came out. Was it? Because this would have come out, this chapter would have come out in what, like 2009 or 10? Yeah, I feel like Flappy Bird came out like the next year. Oh, you might be right. I'm I'm curious now. Cause I, <laughs> yeah, because I don't remember when that was like. Hmm. Yeah, I, I swear, I, I was looking at this and I'm like, is this a parody of Flappy Bird? But I really, I, I think it came out. A little bit later than that. Gotcha. So yeah, I, that makes sense. I still would have been in grade school, I mm-hmm. think, when this came out. But yeah. once again, this is a really good way um, for him to sort of flex his past experience as a game designer and character designer because he really is able to recreate the Dragon Quest and Super <laughs> Mario Brothers house mm-hmm. art style really well. Yep. Yep, and I actually just looked it up. You were right. Flappy Bird came out in 2013. Yeah, I, I yeah. knew it was like around that time, but I think mm-hmm. he was still a couple of years ahead of the curve. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, because Shinohara, if you're listening, if you're if you're a friend of the pod, like <laughs> quit quit your job as a mangaka <laughs> and become a game designer again, because I think you got mm-hmm. a winning formula here. Yep. Exactly. That's hilarious. So following uh, chapter 91, uh, in chapter 92, the Skedan and the student council trick Tsubaki and Bosun into hanging out in the club room, much to each brother's dismay. Himeko finds a Bosun-like wig and puts it on Tsubaki's head, along with the Popman hat, to take photos. 
The student council pres then asks the two of them to fill out this congratulatory banner for the school chorus club that's going to hang across the front of the school. The, true, the, the two try to collaborate, but they fail at teamwork so much that they're constantly like writing over each other's uh, kanji characters. Mm-hmm. This joke kind of got a little lost in translation. Yeah. Apparently, like, there's sort of like battling and like drawing over each other's sentences to the point where even though i guess it sort of makes sense mm-hmm. their sentence stretches so long that it looks like it's, it's like 30 different characters going across the entirety of the school building yeah i feel like it, this looks like it probably would be pretty funny but mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I had no idea what was going on this chapter <laughs> no yeah i uh can't read japanese so i didn't really get the uh the jokes but i will say i feel like the uh the translator put enough like notes in there that i you know could sort of get what was what the yeah. joke was supposed to be yeah the message was supposed to originally say something like congratulations was it like the chorus club i think yeah i think so yeah and it ended up saying something like um it's like tanabe kun Mm-hmm. thinks the chorus club is really great and then like a bunch of other yeah. tangents mm-hmm. um yeah this was a fun I one like to see, yeah, <clears throat> yeah i like to see bosun and sabaki uh continue to like be rivals even though they're supposedly twin brothers, twin brothers. yeah it, it, it's a, it's a fun dynamic um Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like if I understood uh, the punchline fully, I felt like this was a good chapter, but I kind of, the translator had to do a lot of work here. Yeah, and I will say this one, uh, just kind of minor gripe on this one, was pretty wordy as well. Like even just kind of yeah. flipping through it, I'm looking at it's like, man, there's a, a lot of speech bubbles on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was part of the, part of the thing that turned me off from this one was that I really had to think about the joke and the storyline here. And at the same mm-hmm. time, he's not really like expediting the process of us just like getting through the story. Yeah, exactly. In chapter 93, Remy, the uh, sort of former TV host turned substitute teacher, has a date with some guy. She's talking about it with her students for some reason. <laughs> the te- these teachers really like overshare they're, they're super involved in these kids lives although yep. in high school i do feel like there were like english teachers that kind of like ate lunch with the kids and yeah i was gonna say there's like yeah, there's always like that one or two teachers like i remember there was one that we would like hang out on lunch break and we would play uh what is it um not rummy but rook we would play Rook yeah. with all the time. <laughs> so I did think it was kind of weird. I I think I think she might be oversharing here a little bit, but at mm-hmm. the same time, I do feel like she and Shuma Sensei definitely are like the cool English teacher archetype, even though exactly. neither of them is an English teacher. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she's talking about like she she's got a date with some guy, but people can kind of tell that she's actually into uh, Shuma Sensei. We follow Remy on her date after school, and it's going okay. But then this bystander, like, walks past and points out that the guy she's on a date with has been using a bag with a hidden camera to, like, record her from below while they were out. Once again, like, I feel like just if you go out in the world of Sket Dance, 
you're either going to get creeped on, <laughs> beat up, like this this mm-hmm. world is very dangerous. Yeah, uh, just it filled out with the, horrible people. Yeah, Shinohara has a really bleak outlook on humanity. <laughs> uh, it turns out, though, that like once again, we get another crazy twist. The bystander was actually Puma in disguise. He was like, able to create this potion that morphed his facial features. And it yeah, turns I think out it, like, act- I think it like <laughs> unaged him or something like that. Yeah. And it turns out that he actually knew this guy uh, back in high school and he back then he was super creepy so when he overheard that they were going out after school he was like gonna check up and see what's going on this Mm -hmm. dude's suspicious (laughs) um then we like sort of learn a little bit more about chuma he actually has a daughter and at one point he was married but now he's divorced Mm -hmm. so this is kind of like it's kind of one of those exposition dump chapters where yeah I feel like it's going to show up later where this stuff's going to be important, mm-hmm. but it kind of just feels like he shoehorned a bunch of details into a plot that's like kind of interesting. Yeah, but, it was real weird. I think it's his way of trying to like flesh out uh, Chuma's character a little bit, because right yeah. now he's basically just been this kind of like, you know, the slacker archetype, but for a teacher. And so now it's mm-hmm. like, okay, we have to make him, you know somewhat redeemable right like he he cares for his uh like assistant teacher and he's you know i guess like the the single dad kind of thing yeah i i feel like you know skip dance is always pretty consistent but i do feel like there will occasionally be a chapter where he kind of isn't focused so much on the like self-contained story and joke and is just trying to do like world building or set Mm -hmm. you up to like go into a larger arc yeah and those are always a bit slower so mm-hmm. it's just like an okay chapter yeah i did I really like this next chapter 94 mm-hmm. which opens. i love when they have like a sort of opening gag where they're just like acting stupid in the club room let's say he has like and, a cold open for the sket dance chapters yeah. <laughs> in this case uh himeko is apparently like double jointed or something She's, like, pulling her fingers all the way back to the point where they can touch her wrist. And there's this really gruesome drawing of it that, like, hurts to look at. It, it's mm-hmm. pretty gross. Um, Bosun uh, is like, man, I, I, I should be able to do this. And so he gives it a try. She's unable to do it. And so Himeko, like, pushes his hand back. And he shows up to school the next day wearing like, a full arm cast. Apparently, he's broken all of his fingers. So, mm-hmm. as payback, he makes her sign a contract of servitude until his hand is healed. So, she has to wear like the maid outfit from the cultural festival cafe, read him manga out loud, <laughs> feed him, and follow him everywhere. And he thinks he's, like, super cool and it's, like, hilarious, but everybody else that he passes by at school is kind of just disturbed by the whole situation. Yeah, as they should be. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And uh, so they're walking around out in the, like, uh, out in the yard behind the school. A baseball starts flying towards Emeko's head. Bosun manages to block it with his bandaged hand. Unfortunately, revealing that it was never broken at all. In retaliation, she beats him up and manages to break all of his fingers on both hands. 
<laughs> leaving him completely like helpless. <laughs> yeah, this was a good one. Um, also remind me, my uh, my brother one time uh, when I was in high school broke both of his arms at the same time. Um, Damn. So seeing him like the double cast just brings that back. It was, uh, yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this was a really good chapter. It felt like this was, this one really felt like it could be a full episode of a TV show. Mm-hmm. It could have been like 40 pages and there would have been more room for them to just like keep fleshing the joke out more. Exactly. Yeah, I, I like this one a lot. So 95, we continue this streak of sort of like one-off goofy little chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we meet a new character named Koma, who's she's supposed to be kind of like a giant. She's like super tall, super like super big. Yeah. She comes to the skit dance for help and they like hand her a cup of tea and as soon as she grabs it the handles just like shatter <laughs> between her fingers but at the same time she speaks so quietly that her like the text inside of her speech bubble is so compressed you have to like zoom in to read it mm-hmm. um so she's asking them for help approaching a guy that she knows likes her and she's afraid that once uh, he finds out how strong she is, he's going to cower in fear, which is kind of reasonable considering that, like, just by grabbing a cup, it, like, shatters. Yeah, that's terrifying. In her grasp. Yeah, so Bosun pretends to be a guy asking her out, and when he approaches her, she's so embarrassed that she pushes him through multiple walls. What? And I have to say, her response is kind of warranted. Because what yeah, Bosun says is, I love the way your heart, body, chest, and ass are all so big. <laughs> yeah, he has, he has no game whatsoever. That, that is wild. It's just from the top rope. <laughs> Incredible. And then, uh, <laughs> so a- after this, I-, I guess that was apparently like enough practice. So she ends up going up to the guy after that. And the exact same thing is about to happen, although his response is not nearly as bold. Mm-hmm. But Bosun like sees what's about to happen, so he jumps in between them and just gets absolutely <laughs> blasted into the schoolyard's <laughs> fence. One thing I loved about this chapter, uh, <laughs> I had forgotten about it until I was looking back at my screenshots, but when he gets like blasted through the wall initially... Mm-hmm. Um, the panel when he hits the ground is made to look exactly like that one infamous Dragon Ball Z panel where of Yamcha. Yamcha was like yeah. blasted into the ground. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, all the all the panels where um, it's like her hitting him too are drawn so well. Yeah, <laughs> like they look like you know real like action manga <laughs> panels. There have been a surprising amount of Dragon Ball references thus far in Sket Dance. There really aren't any uh, other like Shonen Jump references in Witch Watch, but they're kind of all over the place here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I wonder if uh, it's, you know, I don't know. It's probably kind of easy, easy bait for, you know, someone on their first series. Like, you know, we've seen a yeah. lot with uh, me and Roboco, Protect Me Shugamaru. So, yeah, ma- yeah. makes sense, I guess. I guess you can assume that if somebody's reading Shonen Jump, they're like a Shonen Jump fan. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, so in chapter 96, uh, it's another, this one's also questionable in the realm of body positivity. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, so Himeko starts off, she's like, I'm getting fat. I need to lose weight. So Switch walks in and gives her an exercise DVD called Biney's Mute Amp, which is supposed to be like a parody of something called Bobby's Boot Camp, I mm-hmm. think. And apparently uh, Otakarun used to own this DVD, but it didn't work for him. So they start, they put the DVD in and it starts out like extremely weird it's unedited, so you're just seeing like the people getting set up, mm-hmm. um, the director giving orders to people, and then the there's just like super scrawny guy doing like the you know he he's leading the exercises, yeah, kind of failing at it. He's not very articulate, <laughs> and then he gets fired in the middle of the DVD and replaced by this like super buff American guy. Uh huh. And then he starts doing exercises where he has people posing like Sundere and the characters. <laughs> but Switch and Himeko end up actually finding the workout like effective and they really enjoy it. And Bosun's been watching him the whole time. So he takes the DVD home with him and returns to school like completely jacked. It looks like he weighs about 300 pounds, pure yeah, muscle. I love this. Uh this final panel of Bosu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This was a this was a truly weird chapter. Um, mm-hmm. I had no idea where they were going with this the whole time, but it was pretty fun. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this one was uh, kind of wild, but a uh, a fun chapter nonetheless. <laughs> then in chapter ninety seven, um, this one basically is another one of those like exposition type chapters, but this mm-hmm. one was a lot more fun than the last one. So in this one, Sabaki uh, comes over to Bosun's house for dinner. It was something they had talked about in the chapter where it was revealed they were twin brothers. And they're just kind of like hanging out. He's talking to Bosun's like mom and mm-hmm. sister. <laughs> or it's like a sort of adoptive family. Yeah. And it's super awkward. Bosun just like suddenly forgets all of his social skills and keeps talking about like Gundams and robots <laughs> and starts pretending he is a robot. <laughs> and then uh, he, uh, Sabaki ends up getting to see like the home video of his parents and it ends up being worth it for him to come over because of that. So mm-hmm. this was a pretty fun chapter. You get some more insight into like what Sabaki was like as a kid. He talks about being super into like reading uh, illustrated reference books, <laughs> almanacs, and atlases. Yeah, this and was a this learned- was a good one. I love I love when they're trying to like take the picture at the end too, and they're you know being all awkward and stuff. It's it's great. Yeah, yeah. This one was also, like, this one was fun. Yeah, I, I like uh, I like Bosun's sister a lot as a character too. I, I, I was gonna say that to too. Yeah, she's family. yeah she's kind of underutilized, I think. Yeah, and that was I kind of mentioned it in, la- in the last episode, but when I got the chance to watch some of these episodes in the anime, like all all of the plot lines are taken from the manga, mm-hmm. but they add bonus material into them, and mm-hmm. his family appears a lot more often in the anime, just sort of like interspersed between what was actually adapted 
And I oh, think interesting. It a lot more. If you do a lot they more smooth, do they add them in as part of like, like they add them into the story almost, or are they just sort of like these extra, you know, whatever? Like they just come in and say hey, and then leave the frame. Kind of a little of both. Like both soon will just be at home and like talking about like whatever is going on in the story, and then they'll mm-hmm. like comment on it. Gotcha. They're still not like a huge, huge part of it. Mm-hmm. They're kind of just thrown in for flavor, which yeah. I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I need yeah, to. It, I need to. It makes a lot more the sense anime. than just randomly appearing mm-hmm. as they do in the like one flashback chapter. Yep. Uh, so in chapter ninety-eight, Bosun drinks one of Chuma Sensei's weird potions, which scrambles his facial expressions and emotions to the point where like he'll be happy, but his face will look sad. It's a very uh, witch watch or proto witch watch type of plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the... this actually did happen in witch watch. I may be re- misremembering, but I'm almost positive he like reused this exact scenario because it seems I'm, so familiar when I was. Reading. I know there was the one where they have like Morihito's like his feelings sort of manifest as like this. Uh, like this thing on top of his head or something like that. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. It was done really similarly to Mm -hmm. this. Yeah. Any of the the Chuma Sensei chapters definitely feel like Witch Watch demos. Yeah, because everything else in Sket Dance, obviously it's like super exaggerated. Obviously in real life, it's generally like possible to walk down the street without getting (laughs) mugged. But, you know, things are somewhat believable. Mm -hmm. So I think it's funny that like, for some reason, there's just one guy in this series that's able to bend the laws of physics and reality. Exactly. This seemingly has magical, you know, chemistry powers. Uh, but this one, this one was one of the better Chuma Sensei chapters, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. There's sort of a mystery element involved where they have to figure out exactly how these feelings and expressions match up and whether, you know, one expression is supposed to convey like happiness or surprise yeah he actually go like in witch watch he goes really into depth with how these powers actually work what the mechanics are behind it mm-hmm. eventually chuma is able to create an antidote but it inadvertently freezes bosun's face into this like permanent scowl <laughs> yeah it was uh, a, pretty a lot chapter. of a lot of good expressions in this one like uh you know, which, I mean, that was probably the point of him creating this chapter, but I thought they were yeah. all just done really well. And then in chapter 99, uh, the return of another running gag. This time, uh, it's the return of Momoka. In the past, she's been a voice actress, and now she's an actual like drama actress. She's anxious about an upcoming acting gig and decides to hang out with uh, Sket Dan to take her mind off of the situation. Uh, she shows them the script for her show, which is very simple and generic, but Switch tells her that the director of the show is known for creating these sort of generic frameworks and expects actors and actresses to ad-lib their lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bosun practices with her and discovers that he actually has a talent for acting himself. <laughs> they all go over these different interpretations of the script, but when Momoka arrives at practice... She decides to sing her lines Broadway musical style, 
which ends up going pretty badly. Everyone in the room is looking at her like she's crazy. But then the director is like, you've really, uh, you've really opened my eyes to this other side of the script. And he decides to run with it. And as always seems to happen when Momoka is like auditioning for something, there happens to be an agent in the crowd who offers her a record deal. Yep. And so now she's going to be a pop star. Yep. After, I can't wait to, to yeah, see what yeah. Momoka's next occupation is after this one. <laughs> yeah, this is, I appreciate that the, I feel like these other running gags kind of appear like once every one or two volumes. Mm-hmm. But Momoka really just will like, I'll forget she exists and then she'll come out of nowhere. Yeah, it's weird because she was used quite a bit like early in the series. And then once she, you know, whatever, whatever the first one was became a what was oh she was a voice actor at first yeah Um, once that happened she just yeah sort of disappeared other than that one chapter where she had like the paparazzi guy taking pictures of her and then these other kind of random ones uh so i wonder if he was just not feeling the momoka character yeah (laughs) she's sort of been relegated to the backdrop i Mm -hmm. also feel like um Shinzo has been starting to appear less and less as well, unfortunately. Yeah, and I do. I was really thinking like that him. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a uh, a really great character. <laughs> yeah, Yuki still shows up pretty consistently, but I feel like she was never a huge part of the cast. She was always mm-hmm. kind of just thrown in whenever he wants to make a reference to you know who we haven't movies. seen really is Yabasawa. We haven't had a Yabasawa chapter. That that's I want to say since since that like uh, when she was trying to get the the three shaped lips for her avatar or whatever yeah she showed up in the in the battle of the bands for like one chapter oh you're right yeah but after that she kind of just yeah she she was a she was almost in every chapter for the first few volumes and mm-hmm. is one of the first people you actually see at all yeah yeah it's weird she's she's just been gone <laughs> yeah she was she was a day one for yabasawa um all right do you have any other uh notes on that one do we want to move over into into volume 12 yeah let's do it and uh, also that marks our 100th chapter yeah yeah this one yeah this one coming up is uh chapter 100 um which we get an awesome uh, like color page for it as well (laughs) yeah this was cool it's very it's i guess supposed to be like a, a fighting game Mm -hmm. so they look like uh i don't know like american gladiators or something like that (laughs) yeah it's very 80s now that you mention it switch has this weird like cropped tank top on i guess they (laughs) they all have cropped shirts Uh (laughs) uh-huh michael shirt just says combat (laughs) um but so chapter 100 we get one of those little uh sort of like non-canonical otherworldly sort of chapters um so this one the sket dan and company take part in uh the battle between a monkey and a crab um switch has turned into the monkey and himeko has turned into the crab um and the crab has gathered these sort of allies to defeat the monkey um which are played by so the the allies are a chestnut a bee a mortar and then uh, a pile of poop captain is the chestnut Komachan is the bee. Uh, Komachan is the the 
sort of the the bigger girl or whatever from a few chapters ago. Yeah. So already making her return. Dante is the mortar and Bosun naturally is the uh, pile of poop. Um, so they devise <laughs> a plan to defeat the monkey. However, before the monkey can return home to the ambush site, he hit, he is uh, smited by Buddha and smashed under a mountain. And uh, yeah, sort of how this one ends. This one, uh, my note on this one is this one feels like one of the Akira Toriyama one-shots from like yeah. manga theater yeah this is also the best and probably only actually funny one of the non-canonical mm-hmm. chapters yeah it still this one was, was not one. great but it was it, it actually made me laugh a couple of times exactly yeah this one wasn't just like a complete bore to read which the other ones were so this one this one gets points <laughs> yeah i i think the 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 chapter where they show all of the characters in costumes in this two-page spread is awesome just mm-hmm. because of how over-the-top he makes everything look. Yeah. Like, the, the, the chestnut character is absolutely microscopic. <laughs> and then we've got the... Re- I, I love that Dante just randomly returns in this chapter wearing... <laughs> I guess he's supposed to be like a mort this like a mortar that you make mochi in, but he kind of yeah. looks like he's like a toilet paper roll. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, he's just a giant cylinder. <laughs> yeah, and I like how uh, sort of like uncreative he was with Boson's poop costume. He's just wearing like a brown suit. <laughs> yeah, and he still has his usual cat ears too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like he's wearing one of those morph suits or whatever that you'll see at uh, you know like yeah. soccer games or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell like. I can't tell if this is supposed to be a parody of something too, like a yeah, fighting I, I game ass- or something. Well, I assume because it starts off with like almost like explaining the fable. So I wonder yeah. if this is some I don't know, some fable in Japan or something like that. Yeah. Or maybe he just came up with it, but it, I don't know. It yeah. just seems like one of those things that would be like, you know, I don't know, some story that they tell kids forever and it has, you know, there's probably some lesson to it. I don't know what that lesson is, but uh, <laughs> it, it seems like it's something like that. I'd have to look into yeah. it, though. I feel like Coma is supposed to be, like, once again, there's so many witch watch prototypes, but I feel like she's just the prototypical version of Momochi from Witch Watch. Mm-hmm. Although, honestly, at least she has some sort of, like, personality or quirk yeah yeah exactly um and i did just look it up to the crab and the monkey is a japanese folk tale mm, yeah, um, that makes sense. yeah it says that, yeah in the story a sly monkey kills a crab and is later killed in revenge by the crab's offspring so it seems maybe a little different but yeah so it yeah it it originates from somewhere at least yeah <laughs> Um, all right. In chapter 101, uh, we get the return of Kik- uh, Kikuchi Jin, who's the, the guy that was sort of stalking uh, and like pestering Himeko to date him. Um, but he's back again to convince Himeko to go out with him. Uh, he is once again repeatedly rejected, but decides to hang out in the club room to see how Himeko and Bosun act around each other because he's uh, you know not convinced that they're not dating or don't have a thing for each other. Um, he tells them they're like a married cuppy, cup, couple, which they reject, and then he tells them they're like middle schoolers in their first love, which naturally they also reject. Um, Switch tells them their relationship is a bond, and uh, Kikuchi just kind of accepts this but decides to keep trying to get Himeko to like him. Um, 
was not really feeling this chapter much personally. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the Kikuchi Jin. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, I feel like Shinohara is really trying to get people to like ship Himeko and Bosu. Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't even really feel it that much. That's like one of the no. least interesting dynamics between characters in the entire series. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's not there like at all. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's just one of those things where, like, oh, there's three characters on a show. There's, like, the goofy guy, the sort of, like, straight man, and then the girl. So, obviously, the goofy guy and the girl have to, like, get together at some point. It's the law of protagonist trios. Well, and you can't switch with anyone because he doesn't speak or express any emotion at all. (laughs) Exactly. Um, let's see. Chapter 102, we get uh, Yagi-san of the Media Club wants to set up a program during lunch that shows interviews with students. Uh, she asks uh, Shinba if he would be the first guest. Shinba is kind of the, the pretty boy one from the um, the student council. Yeah, that's uh, another so, guy that just kind of like – we haven't seen him in forever either. He kind of just mm-hmm. popped up out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> I like him though, so yeah, I'm I glad actually to like, see him. I like all the student council members actually quite a bit. I think they're yeah. pretty good. Um, but so Shinba's going to do a cooking show, but Agata and Daisy get mad when he doesn't pick them as his assistants. Eventually, they all draw lots to decide uh, who's going to accompany him, and uh, Agata and Daisy end up winning. However, on the day of the show, they're just sort of out of it for various reasons. Um, Agata thinks that the show is too much of a hassle, while Daisy is sad because her favorite stuffed animal was thrown away. Uh, the whole show just kind of goes awry, and eventually Shinba gets a whiff of uh, like sake that's cooking and gets drunk just and sort of dismantles the, the entire show. Um, this one was a fun one. I liked this chapter. And the idea of this like uh, show that they're just going to air during lunchtime is actually pretty sick. Yeah, I like that all of the cast are commenting on how ridiculous it is that the media club is able to put on these lavish productions. Uh-huh. <laughs> I also love um, what's the dude's name again? Uh, oh, Shinba. Um, I love the mm-hmm. panels where he's drunk and his like speech <laughs> bubbles have even become wiggly and the font yeah. changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one Fun was illustration there. Yeah, this was a good one. Uh like I said, I like the I like the student council members and you know, this is just a, a, a good showcase of them. <laughs> yeah, and I think in the past we've both said that the student council were some of the more uninteresting characters. Mm-hmm. They've really improved a lot over the past maybe like four volumes. Yeah, I think they've just – I think maybe I understand like the joke for each of the characters a little more than when they were yeah. first introduced, right? Like when they first show up, they're just sort of – I don't know. I feel like the student council that's in every other series with a student council. Um, yeah. But now they feel a little more like their own characters. Not to keep bringing up Witch Watch, but I think – that's another thing where Shinohara saw how something didn't work in Sket Dance immediately mm-hmm. and improved it in Witch Watch. Because even though the student council in Witch Watch doesn't appear as often, right off the bat, he gives them these completely absurd designs and yeah. 
kind of explains their characters right off the bat. So mm-hmm. it's obvious like who they are and what they're about. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in chapter 103, uh, Himeko is reading fortunes on her phone, and the one f- uh, for Boson is, you will probably die tomorrow. Um, <laughs> the Skedan visit the occult club to meet with Yuki, who has taken up reading fortunes from the famous uh, Minakami Himiko. While Yuki is reading Switch's fortune, she recommends that he buy these like uh, this like beaded bracelet for uh, 6,000 yen to protect him. The Skedan kind of s- see through this scam and go to see Minakami uh, to kind of tell her off for tricking Yuki and committing fraud. Um, while they meet Minakami, she challenges them, saying at her seminar in three days, she will correctly talk about their past in great detail. Uh, so yeah, this is the first one of a... I think it's our first multi-chapter sort of mini-arc that we've gotten in these yeah, two volumes. Yeah, this whole episode. Yeah. yeah, these are a lot of just sort of one-off chapters, um, which is different because I feel like have we had a backstory the past three episodes? I feel like he's yeah he's like alternated volumes with uh, having mm. some long backstory. Yeah, he has. Um, but so I'll just jump right into the the next one unless you yeah. have any other one hundred three notes. Um, oh, I I, I do it. have one note for one hundred three. Yeah. I love all the jokes that they make about uh, Minakami Himiko's haircut. <laughs> Yes, I also love the occult club that we see. Like mm-hmm. we get to see the other members of the club and. <laughs> Shinohara, like, once again, totally changes his art style to the point where it's almost a carbon copy of the way that, like, the Shinagami appear in Death Note. Mm-hmm. None yep. of them particularly look like Misa from Death Note, but they all kind of have the same sort of, like, goth style in makeup. Yep. <laughs> and there's somebody that just, like, wears a, I guess, like, a goat's skull on their face. Yeah, the occult club is uh is wild. <laughs> yeah, that that was really fun in this side. Mm-hmm. Um, in chapter one hundred four, uh, the seminar starts with Minakami telling a man's fortune, and then she brings the sket Dan up. Uh, Switch goes on about all the methods that she uses to uh, make up the fortunes or kind of trick people into believing them. She then tells Bosun his backstory by uh, reading his aura, and his backstory is all correct. However, Bosun takes his hat off to reveal that it's actually Subaki, uh, meaning that Minakami wasn't actually reading Bosun's past from his aura. She was just reciting research she had done on him prior. The audience turns on Minakami, and Yuki says she's going to give up on fortunes, but Switch convinces her to continue. Um, This chapter... There was a a lot of like explaining from Switch in this one. So there was just a lot of text in this. I was not the biggest fan of this chapter personally. I was actually about to say I really didn't like this whole arc. Yeah. I felt like I felt like this was Shinohara sort of acting on some personal vendetta he has <laughs> against <laughs> fortune tellers or horoscopes. Mm-hmm. I have this theory that he either got ripped off himself or just completely <laughs> annoyed by somebody that was talking about like their daily horoscope yep. and decided he was just going to go off in print. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there were, there were whole stretches of this where there weren't any jokes. It was just switch having these like dramatic monologues about how, you know, yeah, he's explaining the barn effect real. and cold reading and stuff. And I was like, it's just it's so boring (laughs) switch is definitely an r slash atheism mod oh yes without a doubt (laughs) (laughs) 
one of the only people that didn't uh, just auto leave that sub when it, uh, when you automatically joined it from joining Reddit. <laughs> yeah, he, like I I definitely think this is the only chapter I read where I was like, this is just not fun at all. Like, yeah, there there is a good moment. Stupid. There is a good moment at the end where. I guess she, at some point, I don't know, says that someone's going to hell or something like that. And Switch says, you're the one who's going to go to hell, going to go to hell, which is just very, very intense for. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of out of character for him. Like, Uh why why does he care so much? Yeah, he's really into uh, telling off the the fortune teller lady. (laughs) I mean, you know, good on him for uh, stopping the stopping the grift, I guess. Yeah, it's like there. This person, I don't, I don't know how. Like they, I guess she has like a huge crowd or something like mm-hmm. that. So I guess she has influence over people. But they're really just like going out of their way to make sure she goes to the jail for <laughs> ripping people off. I don't, I don't know if this is six thousand yen bracelets. Yeah, I don't know if this really even qualifies as like fraud this this seems like the sort of stuff that goes on all the time and it's like mm-hmm. you know it sucks but yeah. i think their their reaction here is a little overblown they're really mm-hmm. gonna storm her whole uh, her whole studio and bring down the operation just because one of their friends decided <laughs> to open a fortune telling booth in the school I was say I can't wait till Shinohara like discovers crystal shops or something like that and makes makes that chapter. <laughs> yeah, we still have like a hundred more chapters to go, so mm-hmm. plenty of room for that. Yep. So in chapter one hundred and five, the Sketdan are huffing helium when they're approached by Captain for a request. Uh, she's lost a dro- a drop candy can a month ago and enlists the Sketdan for help. Uh, the can is the bond between Captain and her best friend Akina. The two share a drop candy every day at lunch until one day Captain gives one to Masato, meaning the number of consumed drops is uneven. This means uh, this makes Akina angry and throws the can out the window. After they, after that, they stop talking. Um, sorry, this is a <laughs> this explanation yeah, is so this long. Is a weird chapter, when I was period, yeah, when I was doing like the summary for this one, I was reading the chapter and sort of like doing the summary as I went, and I got to the end of it. And I was like, I just wrote like three hundred words. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, this is a. It's kind of a weak chapter too. Like, yeah. <laughs> But uh, so after yeah, after she throws the can out the window, they stop talking, and Captain doesn't understand why until today. Um, yesterday was Amina's last day at school because she's moving, and she also confessed to Misato. Um, she was upset that Captain had been was talking to Misato that day, and that they were coming up on their last days together. Um, Misato tells Captain that Akina wants to reconcile. Captain says she'll find the can before seeing Akina off, so they end up tracking down the location of the can and dig through kind of the garbage to get it. Um, Captain sees Akina as she's leaving, and uh, they share a drop candy while Akina gives her uh, the can that they found in the trash the sketan release a bunch of colorful balloons off the top of the building and you know everyone's sort of everyone makes up and is happy um yeah like we said <laughs> pretty weak chapter but uh color page at the end was sick yeah it was a i feel like he did this whole chapter 
with the color page in mind mm-hmm. and started writing it and was like, this, this doesn't make any sense, but I've already kind of drawn the color page. <laughs> yep. So I'm just going to figure out how to wrap this whole mystery conflict up mm-hmm. in 20 pages. It's kind of a mess. Yeah, I do. I, yeah. I, <laughs> one of my notes for this was uh, only 12 pages in what a convoluted chapter is <laughs> like documenting yeah. it as I read. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the in the in chapter color page are the the best part of this. Those are uh, really cool. I wish I wish like series would do that now. I can't think of any that have done that recently. Um, yeah, outside of like Jump Plus, you'll get them every now and then. Speaking of convoluted chapters, I kind of felt like the next one was also really convoluted as well. Yeah, so in 106, the Skedan are tailing a guy who is uh, following a girl when they bump into Deca Chow from the detective club. I don't know what his actual name is, but they he makes them call him Deca Chow, which is like, I think it's detective captain or something like that is what it's supposed to mean. Um, yeah. He's like really into uh, the police and... Uh, not the band. Um, Deca Chow <laughs> is annoying and uses tons of like detective slang. He's basically uh, Shinzo, but for cops. Um, but so while they're tailing the student, uh, they bump into Sabaki, who was tailing Deca Chow. Uh, they then run into the girl from into a girl from the detective club, uh, the one that the original student that they were tailing was stalking who uh, turns out she was tailing Subaki. Then they see the student uh, that they'd all been tailing looking at them. He had been stalking the detective club girl after listening to advice from Deca Chow on how to find out more info about her because he likes her. Deca Chow specifically told her or told him, even if you have to stalk her, find out everything by yourself. That's what a man should do. In the end, everything was uh, Deca Chow's fault. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty rough. Uh, chapter and I feel like Deca Chow is just a bad stand-in for Shinzo. Yeah, we. I, I just mentioned too that like where'd he go? Yeah, what exactly. To him? The, the the cast of Sket Dance even admit that this guy is basically just Shinzo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that this is another chapter where they gets kind of lost in translation. But it would be significantly funnier if this were set in America. And mm. these were people who were in like JROTC. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I would love a- to see a sket dance chapter about like JROTC <laughs> students. <laughs> yeah, that'd be incredible. I wonder if they have uh, the Japanese version of that. I've never seen anything about it, but you know, some somebody uh, somebody needs to figure that out. Yeah, I guess most other countries aren't like as into uh, kind of the military as as we are, so probably not. Yeah, <laughs> well, th- these people are out here doing like police cosplay, so it's not that much better. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in chapter 107, the Skedan find out that Bosun is amazing at making origami. And just a side note, I thought we already knew that he was amazing at origami. Or was it maybe just drawing? I thought, like... Yeah, there have been a, I there been a few gags where he's, like, really talented at art. Okay. I know for a fact he's good at drawing. Yeah. So, I, I think just, he may have done something like this in the past. I'll say, I feel like there was some other craft that he was, like, really good at. But maybe, maybe I'm making that up. Um... But yeah, so Bosun, great uh, origamist. 
Um, he goes on an origami frenzy and they enter him into a contest. However, Boson encounters a creative block and can't make a good piece. Uh, the day of the contest, he sends Switch and Himeko on ahead of him so that he can finish the origami. Switch reads him the directions to the venue and he writes them down. Boson creates this uh, incredible Pegasus origami just in time. However, he realizes that he, that he used the map in the origami and can't make it to the contest. Uh, this was a good one. I like this chapter a lot. Yeah, it was. It was. This is another one where it's just like he's flexing his artistic abilities. He's drawing these really bizarre-looking origami creations. Uh huh. Obviously, he's not the one making them, but the yeah. drawings themselves are pretty like bizarre and complex. Mm-hmm. I love the and, the Yabasawa origami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and the final joke is pretty dumb but clever at the same mm-hmm. time. Yep. They even mentioned that his uh, his cell phone had died because he was just like so in the zone <laughs> that he didn't care about talking to people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And this, uh, you know, if he had actually managed to make this origami Pegasus, that's pretty impressive. This thing looks sick. <laughs> yeah. It's also, also like just this... standing up on its hind legs somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I like Switch's origami. It's supposed to be like a, a monkey, but mm-hmm. it just looks exactly like the drawing of Bosu that he made like way earlier on in the series when he was trying to draw manga. Yep. It's got the same like goofy, chibi facial expression. Yeah, really like cartoony. Um, yep. And then, so for the final chapter of uh, this volume, we get the return of Jason Sensei just in time for October. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has another matchmaking interview and wants the skat dance help. Switch has offered up the earpiece um, to Jason so Boson and Himeko can type to him uh, kind of like what to say. However, naturally, it just all goes awry and Jason Sensei terrifies his date. Um, yeah, just a basically a retread of the last uh, Jason Sensei chapter. Yeah. But, you know, give me give me a full volume of these. I, I love them every time. Yeah, and... You know, people always talk about how the Simpsons predicted things. The Simpsons did things first. Here's another example of Sket Dance being ahead of its time. Because the earpiece that he makes for Jason Sensei looks really similar to Apple AirPods. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if there like, were other earpieces that looks like that, but they were like wireless, and they have the same sort of like shape mm-hmm. and size that you see for AirPods. Yep. So, I don't know, they, they may have, uh, Steve Jobs's people may have been looking over <laughs> Shinohara's shoulder while they were making the AirPod designs. They were consulting Shinohara for, uh, for to design the AirPods. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I like that chapter. These were, uh, like I said earlier, these were a couple, like, pretty good volumes, if not, like... I don't know, there wasn't anything, like, really kind of substantial that went on in either of them, but uh, yeah. I like the volumes overall. Um, for sure, same here. Do you have any other notes for those we want to move over into uh, kind of what went well? Yeah, um, so for me, the first thing that went well for me was uh, I felt like there was a pretty solid use of the cast that already exists. We, we had one... Mm-hmm. Well, like, I guess there's the like detective club if you really want to count them. Yeah. But I feel like Coma was really the only character that was kind of introduced mm-hmm. in these two volumes. 
and he was kind of working with some of the characters we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, I think it's pretty tough for him to ju- like juggle such a big cast. Mm-hmm. But I felt like we got a pretty like nice, spread out, diverse group of characters this time around. Although yeah. we didn't get to see a couple of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, we got like he he hit on all the good running gags. Like I I always look forward to seeing uh, Yamanobe Sensei. <laughs> um, yeah, even Remy is getting a little bit more tolerable, and mm-hmm. Sabaki's always fun. Yep. Yeah, that was actually uh, one of my wells as well. It was just a really good use of kind of the extended cast, which, I mean, he's done in other volumes and stuff too. But yeah, I just think um, the way he implements them all is really good. Um, and yeah, even I feel like he has like handled the cast pretty well because there's like there's a lot of people sort of like Assassination Classroom has, but they don't all need to show up all the time. So I feel like when someone does pop up, it's like, oh, cool. Like, you know, we're going to get the Dante chapter now. That'll be fun. Or, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm down for a Yamanobe Sensei chapter now. Like, cool. <laughs> Whereas, you know, I feel like if we got a Dante chapter every six or seven chapters, I would grow tired of it. But, you know, one in every, yeah. you know, one every third or fourth volume, I'm cool with for sure um let's see so my other one went well was uh just the 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 non the kind of non-canonical chapter this time was actually like really good uh or maybe not like really good but it was like a solid chapter this time so yeah you know i just want kind of more give me more of the uh monkey versus crab chapters less of the uh skit dan lost in space ones <laughs> right and my final uh, what went well is honestly really good color pages this time around. Mm-hmm. The chapter one hundred like combat dance, yep, uh, color page was really cool, and the balloon spread was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Surprisingly, the sketch dance color pages have been kind of hit or miss in the past, but these ones were good. Yeah, they're like a noticeable like step below the the witch watch ones. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, he he's definitely like leveled up his art between Sket Dance and uh, Witch Watch. Even if I feel yeah. like the art is definitely better than it was earlier in the series, but um, it's still like kind of a far cry away from where where he's at now. For sure. Um. All right. What are your uh, What are your gripes? Um. So this time around, I think he was. Uh, I don't think there were really any bad chapters mm-hmm. in the first volume, but I think in the second volume, he kind of got lost in a few convoluted plots. And there were like kind of four weak chapters in a row, which is a yeah. rare a rare slump for Shinohara. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of felt like the, the fortune teller arc was kind of convoluted and weirdly like tonally it was a weird tonal shift yeah i felt like the two mysteries that came after it were some of the weaker mysteries in the series Mm -hmm. i feel like those can be pretty hit or miss too it's kind of hard to make them work in 19 chapter or 19 pages i feel like they kind of need to be multi-chapter arcs for them to work yeah the yeah the sort of yes like scooby-doo style mystery ones or whatever definitely a lot better when they're like two or three chapters long yeah um yeah my first or my uh 
I only really had like the the one gripe because I I feel like as a whole these two volumes were you know <laughs> yeah. pretty solid. Um, but my gripe was that the kind of the explanations for the Minakami chapters, as we said, like with the fortune teller, were just so long and just not good at all. Like I feel like those chapters could have been decent. Like I get what he's going for, and I think there could have been good jokes there, but he just spends like 10 pages explaining these like theories and stuff yeah (laughs) it's just not needed at all and it was yeah just not enjoyable to read Mm -hmm. um do you have any other gripes or we moving into student of the week uh yeah let's move into student of the week uh so for me my student of the week was actually chuma sensei he doesn't appear a lot in these chapters but i feel like he really you know, in the past, he's been super uh, detached, you know, a, a lovable slacker. Mm-hmm. But we we started to see him step up a little bit as a father. I guess we didn't even realize that he, like, was a dad yeah. <laughs> until now. But that's, it's kind of cool that we get some characterization for him. And, mm-hmm. you know, he actually went out of his way to help the substitute teacher. He actually works on creating an antidote to save Bosun. <laughs> Um, you know, he, he started to take a more active role in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had some good moments. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to the inevitable, uh, Chuma sensei, uh, like backstory arc. Yeah. Um, I feel like that, that has to be coming up at some point if you're going to go out of this way yeah. to like, you know, do this sort of world building for him. Um, my student of the week, I'm going to pick someone that I think uh, appears even less than Chuma Sensei in these chapters, and that's uh, Jason Sensei, just yeah, he's because awesome. he <laughs> just might be the best character in the entire series. He's he's so good in the two chapters he's appeared in. Um, I love this one, even if it was basically a retread of the last one. Plus, I mean, IRL, it's October, so just great timing for the Jason Sensei chapter to come around. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if we get, you know, more chapters that aren't about him trying to go on dates. Like, maybe there'll yeah. be a Halloween special or something. That would mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I feel like that's, yeah, that's got to be a, a lock. We we need the Halloween Jason Sensei one. Uh, yeah, I'd love for him to, like, go to a horror movie and mm-hmm. people think he's, like, cosplaying or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Or there's some, like, haunted house thing. Uh there, I feel like there could be yeah, a fun chapter the, like that. And the haunted house workers are afraid of him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, who are you putting in detention this week? Um, so, I actually, I had a couple people. Uh, two people, I think, I feel like deserve it equally. So, mm-hmm. I'll let you go first because okay. you, know, you may pick one of the two. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Switch. Because he was just so bad in the Minakami chapters. Um, they felt so long because he has to explain everything. Um, <laughs> so I'm just bad performance from Switch in uh, in this one. Specifically from yeah. the, the Minakami one, just like, I feel like tainted my entire thing. Because it was, it was so, you know, late in reading these, so it was fresh on my mind. But yeah, just coming off that, I was like, just poor, terrible performance out of Switch. <laughs> Yeah, he he was one of my uh, two ties for first place. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much for the same reason. Uh, like he's really annoying. These yep. two volumes. Um, 
But my second person was a guy that appears right after that, and it's Deca Chow. Um, <laughs> possibly even more annoying than Switch. Yep. Um, he's just like a Shinzo light, and, mm-hmm. and honestly, not- just a bad person. He, yeah, exactly. He's encouraging some guy to stalk someone <laughs> just because, and, and he says that's what a man should do if he's. Uh, if he's crushing on someone. Yeah, I don't, uh, this I don't dude think that's is true. just absolutely toxic. Yeah. <laughs> I think you could just go and uh, you know talk to the person. You don't have to to stalk them. What, what are you what information are you going to glean by stalking them around the school either? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy this guy is uh crazy and I hope he's just a one-off character. Yep. Yeah, and he's But I have a I have a unfortunate like premonition that he's not gonna be a one-off character yep i'm with you like he appeared in too many panels Uh uh-huh yeah he's just a a strictly worse shinzo like the guy who is super into cops is way less fun than the guy who is super into samurais (laughs) right (laughs) all right well uh that'll do it for us do you have any other notes on these dude or uh we gotta head out of here yeah i think i'm good sounds good all right uh yeah before we uh Head out. Do you have any any quick recommendations or anything? Uh, yeah, I, I mentioned the past couple episodes. I'm just kind of like poking around on manga decks, uh, reading mm-hmm. random stuff. And there's one series that's like I don't know if I would say it's like super good or not, but it's kind of <laughs> interesting. It's called uh, Panny Pony Dash, P A N I P O N I. But it's kind of it's one of those like early to mid 2000s slice of life comedy series um it's kind of kind of a ripoff of Azumanga Daio <laughs> but the art style is like really sloppy and hmm. almost like outsider art style um I don't know if I would recommend it but <laughs> I'm just like say I'm putting it on the record that I'm reading that right now and nice it's pretty funny I I feel like if it were in Shonen Jump right now, I'd be rooting for it. Interesting. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll definitely check out a, a chapter or two of that. It sounds uh, sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah the the art the art's kind of cool. It, it's like a really sloppy Azumanga dio. <laughs> um, I'm down with that. Although I, part of the thing that I like the most about Azumanga dio is how like clean and consistent the art is so yeah (laughs) this looks like it was like a a demo version of it or like Uh a lo-fi version (laughs) it's super over the top that's funny um yeah my recommendation i'm gonna do uh look back by tatsuki fujimoto from uh chainsaw man fame Mm. um the the physical volume of that one shot one shot volume is uh out now in english and it's it's pretty cool it's one of the uh like the viz sig addiction editions so it's uh like bigger pages and stuff um yeah which is cool and that's one that like when i first read it i was not really like feeling it that much uh, like definitely not like everyone else did i think i gave it uh like a six out of ten on my anime list um mm-hmm. But after doing sort of like more reading about it and sort of like the because a lot of it's based on like, you know, like the Kyoani like arson attack and stuff. Um, so just like flipping through and like reading through it again, um, it is definitely just 
really really good um so yeah that's my that's my that's my rec read that 200 page one shot <laughs> yeah that one i i thought it was a pretty good one shot it had like um Enio asano type vibes mm-hmm. yeah definitely mm-hmm, for sure although yeah, and in I my think... opinion i kind of like i kind of like his take on it or like the the newer take on it better i think you mentioned it a while ago. I know we were we're always taking like kind of iconoclastic hits <laughs> at famous mangaka, but he can be a little up his own ass sometimes. Yeah, definitely, especially in uh, Goodnight Poon Poon. Um, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> yes, I think Solani is definitely the superior one of those two. Although I mean, I I did like Poon Poon, but yeah, it's a little yeah, Solani was sick. Yeah, I I feel like I don't know. It's almost unfair to him sometimes because I feel like a lot of it. It's it's almost like JoJo's a little bit where I feel like the discourse around his works is like makes me annoyed at his manga. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot like Harry Potter. Like people are so obsessed with it, and it's like if you read another book, if you read another <laughs> series, maybe you would realize like the one manga you ever read isn't the greatest manga ever written yep <laughs> exactly it's it's a yeah same with neon genesis evangelion like i, yep. I rewatched it recently i love i love that show mm-hmm. uh, but it's also definitely like the first and last <laughs> anime a lot of people have ever watched and people will be like man this is like the greatest thing i've ever watched like it's pretty cool it's really sick yeah um that was one that but if you watch something I, else you might like that too yeah well that was one because you know i got to evangelion just when it came on netflix so i was late um and yeah. so i was pretty hyped to watch it and it was like i you know i i thought it was fine is it one of the you know kind of like the you know poster child for anime i don't i don't know um but then like you go online and people are like actually these last two episodes are like incredible because blah 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 and i'm like are are we sure are we sure they're not just bad <laughs> <laughs> um speaking of which i've i've been seeing um apparently like 20 seconds of chainsaw man leaked like oh, somebody man. was watching the first episode in the theater and took this like 360p video <laughs> of a fight scene that was in cgi uh-huh. and there were so many people like chainsaw man is trash <laughs> it's all cgi like napa flopped um <laughs> i mean as you watch the clip you can like barely you can barely see anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's hilarious why were they airing it in a in a theater (laughs) i think it i think for a lot of these shows they'll occasionally like debut the Uh, first episode as like a press screener yeah yeah that makes sense um but this is definitely a discussion for another day but i think cgi is overhated I think Dora. I haven't really watched all of Dora Hidoro, but mm-hmm. I think it looks pretty cool. Like you can yeah, do I think it's interesting fine. stuff with CGI. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the CGI was done really well in like Demon Slayer. Um, you know, yeah, you barely even notice it, but yeah, I think it can be done well. I think people got kind of burned from like uh, the more recent Berserk anime, which looks yeah. just abysmal. 
<laughs> yeah, I I don't think they've really perfected doing things like entirely in CGI, mm-hmm. but the two D like three D synthesis looks pretty cool. A yeah. lot of stuff in Jujutsu Kaisen is in CGI, and mm-hmm. you can't even tell. Yeah, I was gonna say that's just a a map of thing. Yeah, but I know I know people were really upset from the uh, the recent Attack on Titan CGI ones too. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that'll do it for us uh, this week. We'll have the uh, the next weekly show and jump episode coming out on Sunday, and uh, yeah, hit us with the uh, the the old five stars. Um, you know, we we'd appreciate it. <laughs>